Good morning and greetings in the name of Christ our Savior. Um, just thankful to be together and we're thankful to see everybody here today and a few new faces. And So I'm just thankful that we can be gathered as the children of God and I just have been praying that the Lord would bless us in this day and with that maybe we can just open his word and see what he'd have. I've opened here to Psalm 136. <clears throat> Psalm 136, starting at verse 1. <clears throat> I'll give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. I'll give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks to the Lord of Lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him alone, to him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt and their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sion king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even as an heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever. And hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. I'll give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. We've just read here just a beautiful chapter just of the goodness of God and it's probably said here at least 25 times that God's mercy endureth forever. And just how thankful are we for the mercy that God has shown us that, that, that we could even know of His kingdom and of His goodness that we have even been converted and just the work that He has done in our in our hearts, just through the mercy that God has shown us. For we look about and just see so many that are confused and do not know of that great mercy. And just how thankful we are for the mercy and the grace that God has shown unto us. And just even for us here locally, just thinking of the mercy that God has shown us and bringing us this to this place. And 
that he is that God is continually merciful to us and continually helping us as we press into his kingdom and just even thinking where the Lord has brought us here as brothers just even in the last year it's, it's really just amazing God's mercy that he's shown unto us and I'm just incredibly thankful for that and so we have here just a beautiful psalm where David's just praising God for his goodness and his mercy and just thanking him and praising him for the wonderful works which he has done. And he even just brings into remembrance just some of the things even here of the Old Testament which he is seeing. Um, he goes back talking about Egypt and in verse 11, and he brought Israel from out among them, for his mercy endureth forever, with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. And to him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. And just even looking back through the Old Testament, those, those men who feared God and that God was, was merciful unto them and showed them his mercy and his grace. And yeah, it mentions Moses here, and when, and that God was merciful and even divided the Red Sea un, unto them. Um, in the New Testament, I've opened here to Luke 14. Um, we'll just start here at Luke 14, starting at verse one. <clears throat> and it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. And behold, there was a certain man before him which, with ha which had the dropsy. And Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? And they held their peace. And he took him and healed him and let him go. And answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an oxen fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him again of these things. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden, when he marked how they chose out of the chief room, saying unto them, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest rooms, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee in him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be, be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one, one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. 
So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and his mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily, after he had laid the foundation, it is not, and is not able to finish it, all that behold, behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage, and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savior, savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. just read another beautiful and somewhat familiar chapter and and I'm just thankful for what the Lord has shown us here and so maybe we can just work through some of this together um, we started here with the account of the Pharisees um, and, and they were they were accusing Christ for doing things that were not lawful to do on the Sabbath day and And just this encounter here that Christ has with them. And I get I guess just thinking through this, um, then if you skip down to verse eleven, whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And here were these Pharisees that that they knew the law very well. They knew pretty much, I'm assuming, everything of the law of, of the Sabbath days and and that, but then Christ comes and is and is doing things that are not lawful. And so, here these were Pharisees; they were proud men. That Christ, the Son of God, is coming, and and He is doing something that they're not they're not comfortable with. They're not used to. But yet, Christ is the Son of God. But they're almost too proud. They're they're exalting themselves. That that they're missing what Christ is teaching them. Um, and, 
and then verse 7, And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden, when he marked how those chose out the chief room, saying unto them, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest rooms, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee him come down and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room. And when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And just even in those few verses there, that Christ is teaching us not to exalt ourselves above others, that really those who are least and those who are the humblest, those are the greatest in the kingdom of God. And just even thinking about that, that is what Christ did. That he was willing just to humble himself to be born in to be born really in very poor conditions and then just lived a life of of humility and serving others and and then ultimately was willing even to humble himself that that he would that he would go to the cross and and was willing to bear our sins there. And is for whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Um, verse 12. Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thou thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed. For they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. And here we just even see more of Christ's heart. He says, whenever you make a feast, call, the, call in the poor and the lame, and those who are lowly of this world. And and the, and the lame and the blind, and will be blessed. It's it's pretty natural for one, for us to want in those who would be rich or well esteemed among men. It would just be pretty natural for us to want to invite those in. But Christ is saying, go to the lowly, go to the meek, go to those who really have nothing. And I just really even think that as much of Christ's heart because. Even as I said before, here were these Pharisees, and they were proud, and they thought they knew a lot. And but then Christ is Christ is saying, it takes humility, it takes lowliness, it takes really nothing of yourself. And and then verse fifteen, and when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time, to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first, the first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. 
And these really here are just kind of some pretty sobering verses where it talks about it's a parable of the Great Supper and it, we can just read here of many of those that Christ bid to come into the kingdom but they made excuse. The first one said, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I pray, and I must prove them, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and I cannot come. It's just pretty, pretty sobering to me, just looking at these men here, that they just made excuses why they couldn't, why they couldn't come to the feast, why they, why they couldn't become part of the kingdom here. And so I have to think, is there anything in my life where I'm making excuse? So why I can't be more surrendered to the kingdom? Or and I just think it's interesting that there were, there were these men, and the first guy, he bought a piece of ground and he was rich, and the second guy, he had a five yoke of oxen. In the world, they were probably pretty normal men. They had pretty average lives, and they had much. But then if you look up just right before this, Christ was calling those who were poor and maimed and blind, and really those who had nothing. And so I think it's just a, a, just a warning that, although here in America we do have lots, that oftentimes these things can take us away from the kingdom. And maybe we can tend to make excuses not, not to be more diligent in the things of the kingdom. Um, and we sang a song this morning, and a, a few verse, a few words here just really hit me. Um, in in number sixty-one, let not our own will reign; our poverty is gain. For thy kingdom, the poor and weak, thy refuge seek, and bear reproach, contempt, and shame. And just those verses just really spoke to me. It said, our poverty is gain, and not our own will reign. And his kingdom is for the poor and the weak. And so then in this chapter, um, I'll skip down to verse 26. If, me, if any man will come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also he cannot be, dis, be my disciple. Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Just those verses, they just shows that if we come to Christ, that there is nothing that we are not to lay down in our own lives. That if we come to Christ, that, that everything is laid down before him and it is his. Um, um, just a few verses in yeah, Luke 9 in verse 23 he said to them all if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for whosoever will save his life shall lose it but whosoever will lose his life for my sake the same shall save it for what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be a castaway for I'll just stop there. And these verses are really just pretty sobering to me. Because it just shows that in order to be a follower of Christ, 
there's nothing of our own lives that we can hold back. There's nothing that, that we can try to hold on to and, and still serve him. That, that everything we would have surrendered at his feet. And in verse 26, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, his own life also he cannot be my disciple. I don't think that means that we would just totally abandon our families and not even spend any time with them. I don't think that's what it means. I just think it means that, that in order to follow Christ, our families might be disappointed in us and the way that we are going or that we can't seek approval of our families or of our sisters over that of, of what Christ would have us to do. And it says we have to hate our own life also, or yea, in his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. And so it's just pretty convicting to me just thinking, is there anything that, that I'm trying to hold on to that God would, would want me to lay down? Um, verse 28, For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000, or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. And Christ just talks here of a man who starts building a tower. And, and it seems... He's just giving the example of he's building a tower and he doesn't know how much it's going to cost to build this tower. And I, I think it's this, the same way in our lives that whenever we want to become a disciple of Christ, we might lay some things aside and we might start building this tower. But in order to finish this tower, we, we have to have everything surrendered to Christ. This, this man might have started building this tower and but then maybe ran out of supplies or ran out of money to where he wasn't able to finish it. And it's just a challenge to me that as we're a disciple of Christ, as we continue to press on, or are there going to be things that we aren't laying, willing to, weigh aside, to lay aside for the cause of the kingdom? <clears throat> um, just one other verse that's been on my mind lately. Um, in 1 John 2, verse 6, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. And that's just talking about walking as Christ walked. And just even these verses that have went through, that we would be willing to forsake everything, to deny ourselves, and to take up our cross. And just even thinking that those are the ways in which Christ walked. And that we ought to walk even as Christ walked. And so that is how Christ walked. But Christ also just went about doing much good and healing people and, and showing the way of salvation. But then that brought him to a point where, where men crucified him and, and didn't even want him anymore.
And yeah, it's, it's just a challenge that if we claim to be in Christ, we must walk as Christ walked. And so I, I really just think that to walk as Christ walked, we just have to be willing to surrender everything. And maybe even someday it could be our lives.